want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Well, it's a big show. Welcome to the Fade Route. It's a big show with DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am D. We've got a great show for you tonight. Buffalo gets blowed out. Bounce out of the playoffs. Scott Rowland gets elected into the Hall of Fame. And Pat Riley feels the need to back his guy. But we'll begin today's show with the end of the road for four teams. The Bills, Cowboys, Giants, and Jags all met their demise over the weekend. Z, which team should feel bad about the loss, but really good about next season? Well, let's take this in hierarchy, right? Who should feel bad about their loss and not not be too hopeful about next year? And that's the Cowboys. Yeah. The Cowboys, more of the same. You got Dak under contract. Unless you bring in a dynamic wide receiver, this offense is going to be the same. You, you need to do something. And... More of the same isn't going to get the job done. Then, uh, the next one, based on expectations, I would say that the Bills would be next in line. Because now, once is happenstance, two is a trend. This is the kind of situation they thought adding Von Miller was going to get them over the hump. Von Miller didn't make it to the divisional round of playoffs. Josh Allen got taken care of. It's almost as if the moment got too, a little too much for him, became a little too reckless, and this is how Buffalo wants to play. And I know you've said it a million times, and we've said it you know, repeatedly on this show. Josh Allen cannot be the best runner and the best passer on this team. It has to be one or the other. It can't be both. If he's doing both, then bad things are going to happen. And then I would say that the Giants are next in line only because of the contracts. Right? The Giants, if they, if they had Jones under contract, if they had Barkley under contract, Sterling Shepard's a free agent. If you had all of the... <laughs> Well, he's hurt all the time. You might not remember he was there. But I thought it was a coach. I thought it was actually a wide receivers coach. I'm like, oh, shit, that's Sterling Shepard. <laughs> Way to go, Shep. Welcome. But uh, if the Giants' contract situations 
were more stable, where they weren't about to have to franchise their starting quarterback and then pay Saquon Barkley or the other way around, which would make more financial sense and could free up some cap space for, say, uh, DeAndre Hopkins if they trade for him. I know the Giants have been linked to him. They overachieved this year. Everybody can agree they overachieved. They got blown out when the lights were on the brightest. But you have to be happy with the season that they had. You have to be happy with the progression of the quarterback. You have to be happy that Saquon Barkley survived the season. You have to be happy with certain performances. Hodgins, Richie James stepped up at point at points. Xavier McKinney came back and played well. Aziz Ojolari played well. Pretty much if you were drafted by Dave Gettleman, you had a great year this year. It's that very says, it, that says something, huh? Yeah, that says something. That says and something. Evan Ingram in yeah. Jacksonville had a look, really good year. Look at Evan Ingram. So, you know what? I think Evan Ingram might have been the last Jerry Reese. But oh, okay. It, okay. either way, you know, that that Gettleman regime was able to identify players just could not identify coaches worth shit. And I say, based on the confluence of events, the Jaguars are slightly in better position than the Giants because of the fact that they have Trevor Lawrence under a rookie contract. You have Etienne. You have a wide plethora of weapons. And things are looking good. Things are definitely looking more promising. And they play in that terrible, horrible division. So that that builds for sustained success if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if we are going to rank them from, you know, worst to best, I would, that would be my order. What about you? Yeah, so, you know, I think you touched on some things that I, I, I want to chat about, really. I mean, the Dallas situation... It's offensive philosophy, Z. They've got the players. CeeDee Lamb's a baller. Schultz came to play. Offensive line's good. He had two running backs this year that were excellent. Excellent. And Dak, yeah, maybe Dak had a bad season as far as interceptions and turnovers are concerned. He's still Dak. He's still a good player. The mccarthy Kellamore system is garbage. I said this last week. Out of every team that's left, they were the least dynamic offensive team. And that says a lot because the Giants are there. There are teams that, you know, don't have that much going on offensively. But they were the least creative, least inventive, like just just a garbage offense. They should be putting up over 30 points a game. And I granted, you know, 49ers were holding teams under 17 points. But I expected more from Dallas. Um, and... I'm agreement. I'm in agreement with Buffalo as well, but we'll talk about that in the next segment. Segment, um, but I do agree that the Jags should feel really good about where they're heading. I mean, you lost by a touchdown to Pat Mahomes in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and if it wasn't for a red zone fumble, the Jags might have been in position to win the game in the fourth quarter. You've got your quarterback of the future. You're in a weak division. Every team in that division is terrible, and they're rebuilding. You've got your running back of the future, and TN is legit. You have Calvin Ridley joining the team next year. A lot of people forgot about him. 
Uh, you have an offensive-minded coach who's going to groom your quarterback, and you're going to score points. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the, 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 this, the direction Jacksonville is going. Yeah, you know, with the Giants, I like. I know, I know, everybody likes to see that they overachieved, but they did what they had to do, right? Daniel Jones needed to show that he was a competent quarterback in the National Football League, and I think he did that. He's competent. You know, we don't know what he could do with weapons. I know you talk about DeAndre Hopkins. That seems like a pipe dream, but if that happened, okay, sure. Saquon Barkley showed he could stay healthy, showed he's a workhorse, and showed he can play. Funny what everybody can do when they're playing for a contract, right? Yeah. Um, I do agree that some of these Gettleman things panned out. The only issue that they're going to come into next year is there's a tape on them now. There's a blueprint for Dayball's offense now. There's a there's a blueprint for their scheme. What they need to do is they need to look at okay, how do we move forward next year? What players do we have to get to beat the 49ers? What players do we have to get to beat the Eagles, who I think have beat them the last five times they played them? And that's the direction Shine, Dable, and the organization needs to go with. So they have a chance to play well. I'm not saying that what happened this year was a fluke. I don't think it was a fluke. I think they, they played well. They they showed that it's it was a coaching problem they had the last couple of years and not a player personnel problem. No, they've identified several stud players on this team that will only get competent coaching. The problem is, is that they're now some of them are now in their fourth year in the NFL. So you had Shermer, you had Judge, you had that brief run of Steve Spagnolo. You, the Giants have been a turnstile. They've been a joke. They've been a joke. A laughing stock since Tom Coughlin left. I like the direction is he- the direction it's headed in. Gettleman started it, and fans could not wait to get the guy out of town because, you know, he made a few missteps in terms of, you know, Saquon Barkley, the whole "touched by the hand of God" comment. Uh, <laughs> you know, was it a stretch to take D- uh, Daniel Jones at number six? when you could have possibly had him later in the draft? Could you, you know, would somebody have taken Daniel Jones ahead? If that's the case, would you have ended up with Dwayne Haskins, the late Dwayne Haskins? What do you, you know, what happens? So all of that is in the past. The Giants have a bright future ahead of them. They just need to get better. You asked how they compete with the Eagles. The Eagles have an all-pro at every position, essentially. They are the 2006 Yankees. The 2006 Yankees had an all-star at every position and were three deep in the rotation with all-stars. So that's the level of team. That's the depth that Howie Roseman has put together. And it's it's amazing what you can do with a quarterback on a rookie contract, right? Jalen Hurts allows them not being not paying Jalen Hurts allows them to make these moves. And eventually that's gonna come due. So much like the Rams had to make their balloon payment, 
the Eagles will eventually have to make their balloon payment on the quarterback and the rest of the team is going to have to suffer. But let's talk about the Cowboys for a second. How about them Cowboys? What the fuck was that play that Mike McCarthy called at the end of the game? <laughs> hey, he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to talk about it in the presser either. He's like, I don't want to talk about the play. <laughs> now, I just have one question. Um, why, would, why was Zeke snapping the ball? Center. Now, here's the thing. Zeke is a smaller guy. Right, the center's a big motherfucker. You put a you put a big motherfucker in front of the linebacker, and maybe he doesn't get trucked. I'm just throwing that out there. I, I don't understand what that's called. Now McCarthy said that they've done this; they fooled around with it during end of game situations. That's like that's end of career. <laughs> but that's almost as bad as when the Colts lined up against the Patriots on fourth down with all of their linemen to the left and and the quarterback what did you think was going to happen <laughs> who, told you to, who told you to hike that ball why did you snap the ball <laughs> who told you to hike that ball who's losing their job here god damn it <laughs> who am I not paying around here but that, that was embarrassing that was absolutely embarrassing and it's two years in a row that something horrible has happened to the Cowboys last year the clock ran out on them and then this year, they run the dumbest fucking play I've ever seen in my life. So, it, it, Jerry Jones hasn't been speaking to the media. I think he's gobsmacked. Like, I, I think he's trying to figure out what the hell he's doing or how much he's willing to give New Orleans just to talk to Sean Payton. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think what they were trying to do in that situation was get as many skilled players on the field as possible. So that when they started throwing the ball backward, they were throwing to people that could catch, could run, and could throw. Uh, I do agree that I think it was pretty far-fetched to think that Zeke was going to stop anybody. I mean, what kind of blocking technique was that? He just cut the guy. It's supposed to be a quick pass anyway. I I don't know what he was really thinking about taking that guy on. Um, but, I mean, they that game wasn't won or lost on that play. Um, they... They, like I said, their, their imagination and their concept and their scheme is just like 30 years old. I feel like I'm watching the Green Bay Packers of 2012. Like it just, it's not, it's not any good. There's no wrinkles in it. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's pretty straightforward. They lost Pollard, which I think also hurt them. They lost their best offensive weapon or second best offensive weapon. I believe in the first or the second quarter, a guy broke his leg. He broke his leg. Uh, that thing changed it too. I, I do think that there may they maybe get another score, or they maybe move the ball a little better if he was there. Um, but you know, you you should have been a better team. I bet I bet on them. I thought they were gonna win. I I thought Dan Quinn had a good scheme, and I thought actually Dan Quinn's plan for the 49ers and Brock Purdy was pretty solid. I mean, outside of the Kittle catch, you know. Brock Purdy was pedestrian. He didn't turn the ball over, but he, I think he only threw for 197 yards. And, you know, they, they needed, they needed, they needed the offense to score. The offense didn't. And the Cowboys lost the game. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. 
Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood. But, I mean, you are saying that the most disappointing team over the weekend was really the Cowboys, and I'm going to argue it was the Buffalo Bills. They began the season by throttling the defending champs, L.A. Rams, on opening night. But, man, did they fade down the stretch, see? You know, last offseason, they went and they signed Von Miller, assuming they needed a closer. You know, that guy to put Mahomes on the ground in the fourth quarter or chase down Justin Herbert when he's trying to make a comeback or going after Joe Burrow in an AFC championship game or maybe even, you know, just to get to the Super Bowl. That didn't really pan out this year. So what changes do the Bills need to make next season to compete against Burrow or Mahomes? Well, I mean, what I said was that the the Bills have are slightly brighter than the Cowboys. The Cowboys are just dead in the water. Like they're just stuck in the mud. The Bills at least have room to grow. They if they acknowledge the fact that they need a running back. They are a cold weather team. Or at least they should be a cold weather team. Come on, they, Z, you don't believe in James Cook, man? I believe in James Cook. I think James Cook is a fine running back. But he's not going to do much getting the ball six fucking times. No. Like, he's... that's just absurd that he got the ball. I'm sorry, he didn't get it six times. He got five times. Clearly, they don't think that much of him if they're only going to give it to him five times. I mean, how many times was Stefan Diggs targeted? Not that many. So, none in the second half. So... What, hap- what needs to happen is they need to get a dynamic running game and take the pressure off of Josh Allen because if Josh Allen needs to run, then it's then it's a problem. Josh Allen has the arm. He has the escapability. He has the tools. The rest of the team is coming along. That defense, and it's going to lose players. Tremaine Evans is, I mean, Evans is a free agent. You know, Von Miller, maybe Von Miller comes back. Maybe he doesn't come back. I don't know that for a fact. The yeah. secondary's beat up. So they have pass rushers. The defense needs an overhaul. The running game needs an overhaul. The passing game is fine. The passing game is fine. They rebuilt that offensive line. They got, you know, they got bigger guys. They got stronger guys to try and keep Josh Allen upright. And ultimately, the aggressiveness of Josh Allen is what did him in for the most part this year. He was trying to be Brett Favre. And when he was Brett Favre, that's when shit went down. So, I mean, you're looking at it. They only ran the ball 19 times. It's a joke. 19. It's a joke. They traded Zach Moss. In the snow! In the snow. At home! At home. Now, who else is a cold weather team? Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals are a cold weather team. Joe Mixon ran the ball 20 times. 20 times. Samaji P. Ryan had seven. Burrow scrambled for six, six times. So a combined 27 attempts in your running backs alone. It's just, it doesn't add up. They're, hey, play, they're yeah. playing like a dome. They're playing like an indoor <laughs> dome team. They're playing like the Lions were supposed to play. The Lions want to smash mouth. Like the Ryan, the Lions should play outdoors. The way they run the football, they should be playing outdoors the way they do that. If it's Dan designed Campbell to smash. Play, 
Oh have God! Him play without pants. <laughs> he's an he's a big dumb animal, folks. He looks like the lion mascot. How <laughs> hilarious is that? He does, Coach. I you know don't eat. Please, I apologize. I apologize. But uh, yeah, I would say the running game is a number one in terms of priority. You know, they 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 need better personnel. James Cook might be there, but how many years of Devin Singletary have you seen? Devin Singletary isn't, isn't the guy. So James Cook may eventually be the guy, but they need somebody who's going to step in and be the guy for a little while, or at Sim- least be the yeah, handcuff. Yeah, I mean, similar to the Dallas situation, it's offensive philosophy. I mean, run the football with a running black. The play calling was awful down the stretch of the season. And Z, that falls on Ken Dorsey and Sean McDermott. That's who it falls on. James Cook needs the 20 touches like Joe Mixon got. I don't care if it's 14 to 3. I don't care if it's 14 nothing. It's fucking snowing outside. Hand the damn ball off. I don't care how far Josh Allen can throw it. And I don't care about Stefan Diggs wanting the ball. I don't care about any of this. I want to win this game. And we're going to win the game by controlling the clock, controlling the football, because it's snowing, and we're in New York. We're home. We're the home team. The Bills played like an inferior team in that game. Joe, I mean, listen, I think I think their running backs are fine. I believe in James Cook, and I think Devin Singletary would be a great third down back. Catch the ball out of the backfield, short yardage. Singletary's our third down back. And... Where were Boyer and Milano in the game? Burrow opened up the game nine for nine with two touchdowns. Like, hello, we're playing a game today. Does anybody want to play? Like, what are you doing? This guy just came in here and he's horsing around before the game. Joe Burrow's twirling around while he's throwing bombs to T. Higgins in warmups. Guys, you got to get in this guy's face, man. You got to talk to him. I mean, come on. Where's the fire? Where, you guys are supposed to be Bills Mafia? Where was Bills Mafia? Listen, I don't think we can mention Allen's name. In the, I, I texted you this in real time. I said I don't think we can. Men, I don't think we can mention Allen's name in the same breath as Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, or even Lamar Jackson. Talk about that guy with jo, with uh, with Herbert, and that's it. Because Squadoosh, the last three seasons, Squadoosh. He's he's uh. He's being nominated possibly to be the MVP this year. Get the fuck out of here. He's not the MVP of anything. He was 25 for 42 for 265 yards and an interception. Dude, you look like the uh, you look like a number seven or number eight pick out of Wyoming with that garbage. That's garbage. So the other thing you got to think about. Well, they did. Uh, I think the they finalized the top three MVP votes and he's not in it. Good. So that's good. Yeah, he's in it. So, a trending topic there. You have Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Jefferson, I think, are the top three Justin candidates. Jefferson, I like that. And Devin's, and you know, here's the thing Stefan Diggs wants to get in Josh Allen's face on the sideline after the game. Yo, you know what? You used to play for the Vikings, and they got Justin Jefferson after they got rid of you. We can get rid of you and get somebody else here. Get open. You only had four receptions. What the hell were you doing all day? Well, that, that is fair. But. Here are the free agent running backs that uh, I could possibly interest you in. Kareem Hunt, 
Jamal Williams, who, uh, you know, led the league in touchdown. Josh Jacobs. You're looking at both Eagles running backs. You're looking at Samaji Pirine from the guy from the team you just lost to. You got Rojo. You have Jarek McKinnon. You have if you want and if you want handcuffs, if you believe in Devin Singletary, Latavius Murray, a guy like Gio Bernard, Rex Burkhead, Mark Ingram, these are all guys that are going to be available. All of those guys I just mentioned, I didn't even mention the big fish, right? I didn't mention Saquon Barkley. That that's feels like guy. a dream and unnecessary. That's the only me. guy. Honestly, Z, that's the only guy. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in any of those other guys. I got. I believe in James Cook. You want to talk about Josh Jacobs? Yeah, but he can come to Buffalo and get hurt. You want to talk about Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders just had his best season this year. Um, the, you know, there's. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is the third down back. He'll never score that many touchdowns again in his life. You know what I mean? The philosophy has to change. That comes from coaching. That comes from scheme. You're the Buffalo Bills. You play in upstate New York. West New York. You need to run the football. Oh, interesting. As I'm scrolling down the list, he's a free agent. So they could possibly, yeah. So the the one thing is that he only has $974,000. That's what he was making. So the other guy that's very intriguing, slightly older, but only by three months, David Montgomery, used to cold weather, seems to have uh, come back from the injury bug. Yeah, he gets hurt every year. He's good. He gets hurt every year. He's good. He's good. I like him. But, so you have you have options out there if you want to upgrade your running back and your running game until James Cook is ready to be the every down back. But you know, like you said, though, I'm going to agree with you with that you don't know if he's the every down back when he gets six carries. <laughs> How could I possibly know anything about this man? John like, Coon got six carries a game for the Packers. Like John Coon wasn't every day back. You're, he wasn't. You're, you're breaking the huddle and you're going to the shotgun. Like you need to be under center. You need to have an eye back. You need to have pro set. Like. Make people worried about your run game. You're the Buffalo Bills, man. Like, whatever. But anyway, but when they but when they got to the Super Bowl, it it was a complimentary fit. It was a complimentary team, right? You had Thurman Thomas, right? You had somebody like Thurman Thomas. Now they need they need to develop that. But if Ken Dorsey is taking over from Brian Daybold and they're not valuing the run game, like you're saying, then this team is just going to be, it's just going to be on that hamster wheel. It's just going to keep doing what it's doing. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories and more season three merch is up now get it while you can go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women that's fckclout.com speaking of keep doing what's doing Pro Football Writers Association. They've been hyping the Jets running. You know, they've been hyping Jets Jets rookies all year. Hyping the Jets rookies. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, your defensive rookie of the year, 
your offensive rookie of the year for the Pro Football Writers, right? The Pro Football Writers Association have made their choice. They made their choice back in, it's seemingly in August. But the AP hasn't voted yet. Is the AP going to follow suit with the Pro Football Writers Association? Yeah, you know, Z, I don't know. I don't. Listen, for me, I definitely like Woolen uh, from the Seahawks. Uh, he got his team to the playoffs. He had more interceptions than Sauce Gardner. He had six. Uh, Sauce Gardner had two. And their difference in touchdowns was was not much. I think Sauce had maybe like six more solo tackles or five more solo tackles. And as far as you know, their, their numbers are very similar. Uh, I'm I'm more like I said I I understand how great a shutdown corner can be, but at the end of the day, it didn't do much for the Jets. Woolen had a more impact because he caused turnovers. He got his team to the playoffs. I'm not saying that he carried them to the playoffs, but he got into the playoffs. So to me, he carries more weight. And offensively, see, you might disagree with me, but I'm going with Brock Purdy, man. I really am. The guy went undefeated, and he's playing in the NFC Championship game this weekend. He has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. How could I not? How could this guy not be voted for? I understand he didn't play all year, but look what he did when he did play. I don't even think he's thrown an interception this year yet. Um, and if he did, he only probably has one or two. So I'm, I'm with Brock Purdy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if Sauce gets it, but to me, he's not a Charles Woodson. He's not, he's not that prolific that he just stomps out all the competition. No, I, for me, I think Tariq Woolen would be fine. I personally like Aiden Hutchinson. Thirty-four solo tackles, nine and a half sacks, three picks. From a defensive end position? Yeah, that's impressive. That, that's an impressive, impressive stat line. In Detroit. In Detroit. So, like, you know, the, he was he was a main part of why they were just that game away from being in the yeah. playoffs. But if you're looking at, I mean, Sauce Gardner's a fine choice. But, I mean. And we dogged him. We dogged him earlier this season. We, we dogged him for the season started. We're, we're, I'm not going to lie on that. And and I'm man enough to say that he played out of his mind. He played better than I thought he was going to play. I can he, say that. He played like the number four overall pick. He justified He justified his justified slot. Justified his slot. He did. He did. Yeah. But better bang for your buck, better return on investment. It's got to be Tariq Woolen, just based on where he was drafted and how he performed. Just based on that. I would say that Woolen is better than Gardner. I would still give it to Hutchinson over both of them. But if if you were choosing between the two corners, I would go with Woolen. Now, offensively, yeah, Brock Purdy's impressive, you know? 13 touchdowns, 4 picks, 1374 yards, QBR 65.5. Undefeated, stepped into a shit situation, and he made it. He made it work for him, right? Third string quarterback. You don't know how he's going to react. Oh, he's just undefeated going into the NFC Championship game. You know, ah, 
based on the short sample size of the regular season, it is a regular season award. So that's the thing that we need to keep in mind. You know, he definitely... He definitely has the stats in that short period of time. And Garrett Wilson, you know, 1,103 yards. Don't forget, don't forget about Kenneth yeah. Walker, man. No, no, four touchdowns. Like, I mean, solid. Like Garrett, Garrett Wilson was solid. But I got to go. I've got to go with Kenneth Walker. Yeah. I would say that he's, a, he's the legit bell cow back that the Seahawks have been looking for since they got rid of Marshawn Lynch. I mean, a thousand yard rusher in his rookie year, nine touchdowns, 4.6 yards per carry. The kid was legit. Yeah. The kid, the kid was absolutely legit. Yeah. And if you're looking at the other also rands, you know, guys like Christian Watson and Chris Olave, those three, those three candidates, Wilson, Walker, and Purdy, easily, easily ascended above the other candidates. Now, Purdy's the story, right? Because it's very much like the Kurt Warner kind of thing where ascended from nowhere to greatness. Walker, you know, Walker didn't get his start either. Like Penny was the court, was the running back. Like Walker came on late. Wilson was there all year. So I'm wondering if that would be the tipping point. I'm wondering if that would be what sways writers, right? Wilson played every game. Walker did not. Purdy did not. So, But you're talking about two guys that made the playoffs. But it's a regular season award. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I'm just trying to say that they played played on winning – teams yeah like like because of how good their play was their team made it to the playoffs i understand it's a regular season award but at the end of the day garrett wilson's stat line didn't matter because he went home at the end of the season like imagine if he played so well that he got the terrible jets into the playoffs that to me would be more of a statement right well, if he if he had a Justin Jefferson type rookie year, then it's like, yeah, hello. Well, like, how many quarterbacks? How many quarterbacks were throwing to him? It's the same thing. Like, yes, Justin Jefferson. He's had Kirk Cousins. He had Kirk. I mean, Kirk Cousins is nothing special, but he's had Kirk Cousins every game, right? Chris Olave. He had. He didn't have the same thing. I mean, he had Andy Dalton. At the here's some consistency. Andrew. There. Andrew. Andrew Dalton. Like you had consistency. Grant is not very good, but is consistent. You had Flacco, White, and Wilson. Imagine, just for the sake of, just for the sake of it, right? You know, the reports coming out that Aaron Rodgers is wanting out of Green Bay again, and they're not going to trade into the NFC teams. So sorry, New Orleans. Sorry, Washington. That's either Vegas or the Jets. Now imagine. If you're the Jets, if you're Joe Douglas and you pulled that trigger and you have Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson, does the numbers skyrocket? Would they not? Uh, I don't like, let's say you're Joe Douglas and and it's before the draft and there's a call on line one, Gutekus, he's offering you Aaron Rodgers. And then on the other line, there's uh, Rashadi, who 
who's offering you Lamar Jackson, which one are you taking? I'm taking Lamar Jackson because he's 10 years younger than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he's 10 years younger. It's not like it's not like I'm. It's not like I have a That's call a tough in. One. But here's the thing. To me, a more apples to apples comparison would be like Gutenkunst is on the phone with me, and then I'm also negotiating with Brady. Like that's a very like old guard type thing. Now you're that's... just dreaming. Now you're just dreaming. <laughs> that's just a dream. <laughs> John Brady ain't calling the New York Jets. Uh, no, I think it's a realistic thing that could happen. Um, and so in that scenario, you're trying to figure out: Am I playing for now, or am I playing for the future? Because Lamar is the future, and your window for Aaron Rodgers is like one or two years. Two seasons. Or three, are three number ones, or three number ones worth two seasons. You have to truly believe that you're a quarterback away. Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were a quarterback away. I don't know if the Jets are a quarterback away. I and I don't know who their offensive coordinator is. Because you know, the other thing is people were talking about. Oh, they might bring in Frank Reich. I don't. I don't think Salah's going to be okay with that. Going to worry about his job. We're about taking his job, and I don't know if if uh, Reich runs. A, I mean, he. I think Reich could teach Zach Wilson how to play quarterback. Cause that's the other thing that they need to figure out is like, what are we doing here? Are we are we going to try to teach this kid how to play quarterback in the NFL, or are we are we getting rid of him and we're moving on? That's the other question, right? right. I mean, but see, we just we saw what happened with the 49ers. They have Brock Purdy playing quarterback. He's Mr. Irrelevant. They're playing in the NFC Championship game. So, depending on your offensive scheme, how important could your quarterback position really be these days? We need a guy that's not going to turn over the ball, hit the open receiver. That's what you got to do. If you're, if you're, that's why Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, those LaFleur brothers' offensive scheme is just shit. It's shit. Chad Henney demonstrated that when Mahomes went out, all you had to do is matriculate, matriculate the ball down the field and not fuck up. You know what you got to do if you're Chad Henney? Find Travis Kelsey and throw it in his vicinity, and That's he'll it. get the ball. That's it. That's all he had to do. And don't give the ball to the other team. That's it. Are you in need of air care, maintenance, or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. But, you know, we talked about how the Pro Football Writers Association made their decision. Well, baseball writers made theirs, too. Seven-time All-Star Scott Rowland was elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame, earning 76% of the vote on his sixth try. This election was this was election well deserved, and who will get in next? Let me tell you, Z, there is an uproar, an uproar over Scott Rowland getting into the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, yeah, Scott Rowland is the guy that broke the camel's back, not Harold <laughs> Baines, 
Not Bill Mazeroski. Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland, you know, a career 281 hitter. Okay. 316 home runs. Defensive wizard. One, you know, one with the Cardinals, 2006. He's a winner. Rookie of the year, seven-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Gloves. Now, is he very good? Yes, he was very good. He absolutely was very good. Did he compile at the end of his career? He spent, you know, part of a year with Toronto, a year and change with Toronto, you know, the waning days in Cincinnati. I... Did he drop off? Yes, he did. But at the height of his career, at the peak of his career, he was the best defensive third baseman in baseball. He was not a power hitter by any means, right? But I wouldn't say he was a slugger. He was always somewhere in between 14, 16, 21, 31, somewhere in there. I don't know, he's not offensive to me. Like, there are worse things to, there are worse players in the Hall of Fame. And, I don't know, the the constant yammering about the, the PED players and, you know, they should be in... Rose should be in. Pete Rose is a separate story. You got to keep him separate from the PEDs. He cheated the game in a different way. It's a museum. We've said this a million times. It doesn't... It speaks to the history of the game. It does not... You know... It's not something that we need to live and die by. So if maybe if the MLB, if if they want to let him in, then let him in. Like there are more egregious guys in the Hall of Fame that we could point at and say he's not a Hall of Famer. And there are plenty of guys that are not on the ballot anymore, like Jeff Kent, for example. I know that that has been going around on Twitter. Rolling, rolling. He is a shit. He's a Hall of Fame asshole. But never been linked to PEDs and is the all-time leader at home run in home runs at his position. So yeah. like, that's that's like the main <sighs> one. They're saying yeah. if, you know Roland is in then Kent needs to be in. Like I you know if you're if that's the hill you're going to die on that's fine. But for me like Keith Hernandez needs to be in. And if Keith Hernandez is in then he's Don Mattingly's in. And if Don Mattingly's in then Dave Parker is in. Then if Dave Parker is in and then you know how well, this do you is, keep this, going? This is, this is what happens when you water the shit down. That's why this thing is for the elite. You know, save the very goods and the goods for the high school and the college Hall of Fames. Like, you know, if you're if you're a major league Hall of Famer, you're in the upper echelon where there is no comparison. There is no argument. Um, you know, the people today, I, I like Scott Rowland. I've always liked Scott Rowland. I wanted Scott Rowland jersey when I was a kid. Like, I always thought he was awesome uh, and he was a magician with the glove so you know that's warranted uh so i don't have a problem with it you know i'm not i don't have a problem with it but a lot of people were griping and saying hey man 
you know, he's a Philly Cardinal guy. If you're a Philly fan or a Cardinals fan, this is your guy and you're happy. But if he's in, then Don Mattingly needs to be in. It's like, ah, God, all right, I kind of can see that. But Don didn't win a World Series, so it's a little tough. But then they're like, well, you know, if he's in, Bernie Williams needs to be in. It's like, well, you know, I was listening to Boomer and Geo this morning, and Boomer's like, I can't believe Bernie Williams is not in. His postseason numbers are there, and I can't disagree no. with that. No. I can't disagree with that. But then Geo, Geo is just like, uh, the Hall of Fame is just a building with plaques in it. And they're, you know, why are people upset? If you if you like the guy, continue liking a guy. And if you like a guy and he's not in the Hall of Fame, who cares? And I cannot disagree more. I mean, really? to me, yeah, to me, the Hall of Fame is not just a building with plaques in it. To me, it represents the upper echelon of players, of the best talent, or people that change the game. And I don't want to see, like I always say, I don't, I don't want to see like Peyton Manning's bust next to Joe Montana's bust. Like they're not equals, you know. And and you've got to be more restrictive about who you let in but again i think he's i think scott Rowland's only like the the 19th third baseman in the hall of fame and the problem is is like well you let ron santo in his numbers are comparable to ron santo but now but now you look at Rowland's numbers like well Rowland's in does the matt holiday get in does paul o'neill get in like this is the stuff that you know you start to ask like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago a couple months ago fred mcgriff getting in mm-hmm. if fred mcgriff didn't get in i honestly wouldn't give a shit because i whatever like if i still like fred mcgriff but i can see the argument where he shouldn't be there but then you see jim tomey's there Oh man, Jeff Tomey's there. I mean, Fred McGriff should be there, right? Jeff Bagwell's there. Jeff Bagwell's there. Then I guess Fred McGriff should be there, right? Like it's right. just, it's just you're gonna, you're gonna get into this. And, and well, I, I'll I, give you one right now. I, I have a player comp for Scott Rowe, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give you his statistics, and you tell me if he's a Hall of Famer, and then I'll reveal who the the player is. Game. Yeah. We're two forty. Average. 390 home runs, 390 home runs, 1,314 RBIs, and two-times World Series MVP, ALCS MVP, six-time All-Star, and a two-time Gold Glove. How many RBIs? 1,314. So more than Roller. Okay. More than Roller. More homers, would, more homers than Ribby. I, I would say he's borderline, and I would probably lean towards now. Greg Nettles. Yeah. That was that was the stat line, career stat so line he, for Greg Nettles. So he and he's not in, is he? He's not in. Yeah, he, he doesn't not sound in. like he should be in. No. Uh, no. But you know, and then you then you take into consideration like the longevity of the player, right? It's mm-hmm. like you look at Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones' mm-hmm. first eleven years in the league, he has the same, if not better, numbers than Mike Trout. But then he bounced around, he started fooling around, he wasn't as healthy anymore, and he finishes the year, like he finishes his career as a 254 hitter, he doesn't break, I think he has 454 home runs, mm-hmm. is Andrew Jones a Hall of Famer? Shit, he probably is, he probably is, he's not right now, he probably should be, 
You know, well, are we going to penalize this guy because he played for almost 20 years? It's 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 debatable, but Z, I mean, do you, I, I mean, to me, the Hall of Fame is the mecca. I mean, that's what we would, you know, aspire to to join. I mean, if if Geo asked Boomer Esiason if he wanted to be in the Hall of Fame, I'm sure he'd have been like, "Yeah, I did." <laughs> like, of course you do. Like, why wouldn't you? It's it, to me, it's not just a building with plaques. Don't make it a building with plaques. You're getting to that situation. So it should be, it should be the bastion of the best of the best, right? It should be. It should be. Now, there's plenty of there are plenty of players in the Hall of Fame that do not measure up. Like Ozzie Smith. Ozzie Smith was a great defensive player. Yes. Not a great offensive player whatsoever. No, but very for his, right, but for his time, for his time, he was the model defensive shortstop for his time. And that's how he got. If he was playing today, he wouldn't get it. No, you know, it's part of it's part of the era he was playing in. There was a there was a lot more at stake in at in, in that situation with him. Kirby Puckett, like does Kirby would Kirby Puckett be in the Hall of Fame today? Probably not. Solid player. Solid but, player. Yeah, but you know, but I don't ben, have ben, pro- ben, I... benefited from retiring early due to the glaucoma. Yeah, it looked yeah. he didn't get a chance to fade. I was right? surprised Barry Larkin's in the Hall of Fame. His numbers are like eh, eh. But again, it's the time. It's the time he played. Like Barry Larkin was a force. He was a problem. Like he was a he was a model. So he was a top five, top six shortstop. I mean, it's hard to argue that. Um, well, I mean, we're also you're not t- we're not taking into account that down the line. These committees are going to have more of a say. That's how Baines got in. That's how McGriff got in. That's probably go- that's probably how Kent is going to get in. Yes, Kent is an asshole, but you know what? Yeah. You, it's undeniable. Like, his talent <laughs> is undeniable. Oh, I thought him being an asshole was undeniable. No, that's undeniable too. <laughs> but you know, you can't argue with the stats. And no, but he also didn't win. He didn't win. I mean, I feel like, to me, that's part. That's also part of the equation. You know that that puts you over the top to me. You know, you you gotta win. You don't win. I know it's baseball and it doesn't happen for everybody, but that to me helps you. It helps your cause. Gold gloves, all star appearances. That stuff helps you. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8 and 16 week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. 
That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB.com. You know, we're talking about records, talking about Hall of Famers. LeBron, we've been talking about it for weeks now. He's chasing down Kareem. He's got 178 points to go. It should happen probably before the end of next month. But as he's chasing this scoring record, Pat Riley came out and said Kareem is the greatest player of all time. Now, Z, did Pat need to go to bat for his guy? And do you think Pat even believes that statement? Pat Riley is just... He's a good man. He's taken up for his guy. He's taken up for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, a lion doesn't need to remind you he's a lion. And Kareem isn't saying anything. If you're looking at it, it's a different era, right? Kareem played in the highlight of hand-checking. You know, you didn't have all of... You didn't have all of the restrictions on defense that you do now. So, for him to average 24.6-11-2 and 3.6 assists in his career, it's impressive. You know, he innovated the skyhook. He was an all-defensive player 11 times. So, you know, he was only a two-time scoring champ. But, you know, Oscar Robertson, Wilt, like you have, there's plenty of competition. Six NBA titles. There's plenty, there's plenty there, you know, six-time MVP. And he won in college, right? And he went like college also right he did he did but he, he absolutely did now LeBron four-time MVP 18-time all-star six-time all-defensive player so it stacks it doesn't stack up from an all-around perspective right He's LeBron has Kareem dead to rights in points. Where LeBron is going 27-2 compared to Kareem's 24-6. But then with the rebounds, now Kareem was a center, right? That is, you know, you're going to make your bread and butter on rebounds. LeBron isn't about rebounds. So about four more rebounds tilted in Kareem's ledger. Assists, that was the, that's the way, the main thing. Kareem's not passing the ball. You're passing the ball to Kareem. Send it in, Kareem. Kareem. That, that's what you need to do. Innovator of the skyhook. That, you're trying to get the ball to Kareem. That is what you're trying to do. LeBron is all over the court. He's played every position but center in his career. And even then, he could probably play center. Yeah, he could play center. He's a small center, but he, he could play center if he wanted to. <sighs> Riley's just taken up for the guy that he won with, a guy that he knows, a guy that he coached. But he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. It's, it's trying to create a narrative and create an argument where 
it's unnecessary. You know, it's the same thing with Jordan and LeBron. It's an unnecessary argument. It's unnecessary. Both guys are great. Jordan has more titles. Okay. You know, LeBron is lost in the NBA Finals. Okay. We can appreciate, we can be mature enough to appreciate the greatness, the individual greatness of players and how they impacted the game in different fashions. But Pat Riley didn't really need to do that. But it was nice that he did. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think he had, I don't think he had to say it. You know, Pat retired Michael Jordan's number on the man Miami Heat and Michael Jordan has ever played for the Miami Heat. That just goes to show you what Pat Riley thinks of Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And Kareem doesn't care. Kareem knows how good he was. He doesn't need Pat Riley to validate his numbers or his career. You know, so for me, I, I don't understand why he had to come out and say that. Um, and I don't think he believes I think he feels deep down inside. I think Michael Jordan was the best player. The reason why he says Kareem was the best player was because of his longevity. I mean, I guess so, but um, at the end of the day, Michael Jordan was a force Pat Riley could not stop, and Kareem was a force that he had the luxury to have on his team. I would agree with that. I definitely think that, you know, it's more, it's deferential to Jordan. It's definitely, like, I don't want to say that Kareem is a pawn in the Jordan-LeBron argument, but he's definitely a proxy. He's definitely a proxy for that, since at the tail end of his career, Kareem, they did cross paths. Not necessarily, like, for a very long time, but um, Kareem innovated the game in a different way. And, if anything, Kareem really set the table for what LeBron is trying to do in terms of being a social media ambassador and being an NBA goodwill ambassador. Kareem started the social justice fight. And I think that, in that regard, I think he needs to be appreciated for what he's done. Like, he walked so LeBron James can run. Like he did what he did, and he stood up for what he believed in, so LeBron James can advocate for what he believes in. So I think it's just a generational issue, and it's a generational appreciation. You're always going to like your guy. The next person who comes along, whether it's Zion, whether it's John Morant, whether it's Giannis, Whomever that generational player is going to be. <laughs> what if it's Bronny? That would be funny. Like if Bronny comes along and he's the generational talent who tries to take down LeBron. It's just, that's how sports works. Like it's, it's cyclical. And everybody's tribal about their guy everybody's tribal about their team but it this really like it's really unnecessary and it's something that we all should just be able to set step back and appreciate
can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. The choice is yours. Swipe left or swipe right. All right, boys and girls, here's how it goes. We have a statement and we either swipe left or swipe right. Online dating style. So get those thumbs ready and let's go. Swipe left or swipe right. Number one. Bill O'Brien as the OC of the Patriots next season. Oh man, anything's better than what they had. I'm swiping right on this. I don't want to see any more Joe Judge. I don't want to see any more of, you know, anything. I don't see Matt Patricia Rich- Rich- calling offense plays. Let's get Bill O'Brien. Let's see the board for Mac Jones. And let's see if they can put something together. So I'm swiping right. So I'm swiping right as well. He had one year as the OC in New England. OC. One year. And in that time, second in yards, third in points, I would say that's pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good. It's better than having a defensive guy or a special teams guy or trying to find a guy like... Matt LaFleur's little brother or another you know another college coach with little experience through Alabama Bill O'Brien's been there he's done that he understands the system that Coach Belichick wants to run he understands Mac Jones because he worked with him at Alabama so this really is a pointed hire by Bill Belichick because Bill O'Brien and Bill, o- and Bill Belichick not the best of friends I think we can all uh, agree to that we've, we've seen tempers flare right? but both of them are fiery guys and then you throw Tom Brady into the mix in the past and boom it's incendiary boom. so boom boom like John Madden used to say but this is directly aimed at unlocking Mac Jones that is that is the key this offseason. If they can unlock the potential that they saw in Mac Jones, they will be just fine. Because this offense is stale and it drastically needs an overhaul. So Bill O'Brien has shown that he can coach offense. He can put points on the board. 
And that is going to make all the difference in the world for the Patriots next season. Swipe left or swipe right. Number two, Derek Carr to the Houston Texans? <laughs> yeah, this comes up because this is one of the things they're thinking is that they can they can trade low for a Derek Carr type quarterback and draft other things they need. Um, I'm going to swipe right on this. You know, following your brother's footsteps. Go play for that franchise. Other people are talking about him coming to New York. That would be just crazy. Um, I'm going to swipe right on the Texans going for Derek Carr. I have to swipe left on this. I gotta. I have to. I have to. This team is rebuilding. He's the perfect player for their shit team. He's a shit player. He should go play for a shit team. What other team is going to pay him to play quarterback? Oh, my God. No, you have to swipe left on this. (laughs) Derek Carr is not fitting into what you're doing. You are trying to rebuild your franchise, and you're trying to have sustained winning and sustained excellence for years to come. You're not going to do that with an age 32 quarterback. That's just not going to work. He can get you a few good seasons. You still have to pay him. On a rookie deal, a rookie quarterback, let's say, for example, C.J. Stroud, right? You have the number two pick. The Bears have the number one pick. They don't necessarily... They, they aren't necessarily going to take anyway. They may, you know, you got to make sure that if you're on Bryce Young, that you get into the number one position before somebody else does, if you're Houston. Otherwise, you're going to have to take what's left. So if that's Stroud or if that's somebody else, right, you're going to have to live with that decision. If you were, a cuspy playoff team, right? Like, say you were the Titans. You had so much quarterback instability last year. Tannehill got hurt. Joshua Dobbs started the last couple of games. Malik Willis sucked. Maybe you pull the trigger because that division is winnable. Ah, oh, man. You go get DeAndre Hopkins and you trade for Aaron Rodgers. Let's go. But from that position, right? You lost out. You were this close. You were this close. It was in your grasp. And you had to start Joshua Dobbs in a winner-take-all game. We got that, this. Oh, yeah. Dobbsy, you got this. I trust you. I trust you, Dobbsy. I don't... I don't see the Texans in that position. They went from 4-12. and 12, Right? They went from... They, they were in that range, and they stayed in that range. There's no, there was no growth. There, there was no growth. Why would, why would I think if I'm Casario, if I'm whomever's taking this team over, that like, there's going to be growth with Derek Carr and the rest of this cast around me? I can't see that. So, bottom out, bottom out, finish the rebuild, and come back stronger. Come back a better team. Swipe left or swipe right. Number three, 
Aaron Rodgers reworking his contract next season. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Honestly. Oh. Swipe right. He's going to have to. Regardless, if he plays for the Packers or play for anybody else, he's going to have to rework his deal. Oh, Aaron. He always finds a way into our show. Aaron. Aaron. So, I'm going to swipe right. He's going to have no choice. If he wants out of Green Bay, he's going to have to make some concessions. He can't have his cake and eat it too. That's what he tried to do in Green Bay. And then they went and they traded Devontae Adams. You need to be able to work with management in order to build the team around you for sustained success. Aaron Rodgers with a bunch of rookies did not work. Aaron Rodgers with a bunch of rookies and Randall Cobb did not work. As far as best landing spots, I mean, a reunion with Devontae Adams would be great for him, but I don't know how that's going to work with Josh McDaniels. I really don't know. Because that's gonna, that would be like gasoline on a fire. J- Josh McDaniels is a very stubborn man, right? He's very cocksure. He's very confident in his abilities. So is Mr. Aaron Rodgers. He, both guys feel like they know better. And it's evident. It's evident by looking at them. It's evident by listening to them. It's evident just by still images that these guys are going to butt heads. That leaves the Jets. Aaron Rodgers will steamroll whoever. If that's the case, right, the Jets trade for Rodgers. They'll have to rework the contract. Corey Davis might end up going back to Green Bay in the deal to kind of offset salary. Corey Davis has been rumored to be a a cap cap hit casualty anyway. So, who's to say that Mr. Hackett doesn't join Aaron Rodgers? Because Robert Sala can rest easy. Hackett is no threat to him as head coach. (laughs) Right? If you're worried about Frank Reich taking your job, we've seen what Nathaniel Hackett can do. (laughs) I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. You go do your thing with Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's going to have to he's going if he's going to have to rework some things in order to make sure that he gets what he wants, which is a trade out. And if he does that, if he does that, the Jets the Jets may move up to second place. Maybe, maybe, but he's going to have to play ball one way or the other. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies, but you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave from the classic OB to Dutch apple to campfire s'mores and many more. 
Check out their website, sweetlifebrownieco.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live, and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook, too, at sweetlifebrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. Here's how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ. And you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said poll gets a shout-out on this here show and the Coveted Ass Trophy. And do you know who took home the Coveted Ass Trophy last week, D? I don't. Kirk Cousins. That guy. Wow. Surprise. Honorable mention to Brett Maher and Joey Bosa for each getting votes. But Kirk Cousins outdid the kicker with the yips. Congratulations, Kirk. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week, D? First up, I've got quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Joe Burrow and the Bengals come to play you in the playoffs, in Buffalo, in the snow. And you finish 25 of 42 for 265 yards, no touchdowns and interception. Joe Burrow, do better. Oh, Josh Allen, do better. Do better. Next up. My alleged superstar of the week is Ken Dorsey, and he's going to share this seat with Sean McDermott. 19 rushes by the running backs and your quarterback for 63 yards and a touchdown. Was that the game plan? Guys are a joke. Do better, boys. Just do better. And my last and least is Gio from Boomer and Gio, whose real name is Greg Giannotti. The Baseball Hall of Fame is a building with a bunch of plaques voted on nerdy baseball guys. Dude, the Hall of Fame is for the upper echelon of talent in professional baseball. It is a place where the best players in sports are immortalized. Yeah, it might be voted on by nerdy sports writers, but they have all the... They have love for the game of baseball and they know way more about it than you do look across the table and ask boomer Siason if he wants to be in the pro football hall of fame i'm sure he does or better yet if you ever get invited to join the broadcasters hall of fame make sure you turn it down greg giannotti you are my alleged superstar of the week z what do you got back after this oh my goodness yeah all good choices all good choices, a lot, a lot of smoke coming at Buffalo, and rightfully so. But I'm going to start with the Dallas Cowboys. What the hell was that play? 
I'm going back to it. I'm sorry. What the hell was that? What in the hell? What in the hell was that? You had the opportunity. Where opportunity meets preparation. That's where you were. You showed you were unprepared for the moment. Running that crazy ass trick play. Something out of a flag football league. At the end of the game. Also, Dalton Schultz. Not getting his feet down. That sets you back. That's an incomplete pass. Instead of a first down. Oh, and yeah. the clock stop. Oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> shitting all over the field. That's what you did. <laughs> you shit the bed. You shit the bed in the last two minutes of that game. You could have won. You could have won. But you did Enjoy the golf course. Dallas Cowboys, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Stefan Diggs. Throwing your quarterback under the bus in public on Sunday for not getting your touches. And then going into the locker room, getting your stuff and trying to leave before the, before the coach even gets there. You had to be called back in by Duke Johnson. A guy who was on the winless Browns is telling you how to be a professional. I'm, I'm throwing that out there. I'm pulling, I'm putting, I'm pulling that card right there on the table. The winless Browns card. Duke Johnson is more of a professional than Stefan Diggs is. Stefan Diggs, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And White Sox pitcher, we'll see for how long, Mike Clevenger. Allegations of child abuse and domestic violence. No joke here. That's sick. That's disgusting. Mike Clevenger, you are are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece, ladies and gentlemen. Go to our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ and vote, and vote, and vote, and vote. And for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. It is the option for Championship Sunday in the NFL. Four teams left. Only two can advance to the big game. Let's see who you got. Sunday, 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 3 p.m. The San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, the Eagles. Oh. Oh. That was a beatdown they put on the Giants last week. Let's see what happens when they play a better team. Let's see if Purdy can be the guy that Daniel Jones was not. And let's see what he can do against that secondary and that defense, which is ferocious. 
They're going to try and take it out of his hands. McCaffrey and Mitchell are resting. They sat out of practice today. They're going to be the X factors. George Kittle is going to be the safety valve. That amazing catch that he made. Like he's going to have to do more of that. I'm taking the Niners. And it's going to be close. You have the number one defense against the number two defense. These offenses are complementary. They are going to... They're going to bring it. And it's going to be a battle. And whoever blinks last. Whoever makes the last biggest play. And I think that's going to be Fred Warner. If I'm going to target out one single, one singular player, Fred Warner is going to have a monster game this Sunday. Your AFC Championship. Sunday night, 6.30. The Cincinnati Bengals go into Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Bengals. We agree. Mahomes says he's going to be okay with that high ankle sprain, but that's bad. He could not put any weight on it. He could not push off to throw. I don't know if that's going to heal in just a week. And this is Patrick Mahomes' latest foot injury. (laughs) It's his latest one. How many times has he dealt with plantar fasciitis? Uh... He's had a toe injury. He's had a turf toe. He's, you know, it has to do like whatever, like his body composition or whatever. It's causing him to constantly have issues with his foot. Last week, it just happened to be a defensive lineman landing on it. Like that was just the happenstance of it all. But Mahomes definitely has a lot of problems with his feet. Cincinnati's got some issues with the offensive line. We'll see if Chris Jones gets home this week. I think he does. I think he finally gets that that sack that we've been waiting for. But Bengals by three. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone time for us to run the go route but we'll talk to you next week thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast if you like what you heard and want to hear more be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform rate us five stars leave us a review turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends spread the word spread it wide